Today I've titled today's talk, Crazy March Madness. And I want to talk to you from this thought, food in the house. Food in the house. I want us to use as a launching point today, John chapter 4 and verse number 31. John 4 and verse 31. God's word says this. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, speaking of Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Verse 34, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Here Jesus is talking with his disciples and, and, and they're bringing him food to eat and Jesus won't eat their food or, or uh, he's, not, he's not interested in the food that they're offering him because Jesus has a main course. He has his own food and he says, my food, I appreciate it, appreciate the side dishes, but my food, the main course, where, what my life is all about is doing the will of the Father. You know, it's like going to a restaurant and maybe you go to Outback Steakhouse and you order a steak medium well and maybe a, a, a baked potato loaded and some green beans. And, and the waiter or waitress comes out and they bring you your food and they inform you as they drop the green beans off and they drop the baked potato off. They let you know they don't have any more steak. All we got is side dishes. How many know you're not going to be too happy because you don't go to Outback Steakhouse for green beans? How many know what I'm talking about, huh? How many, you know, you don't want to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and order a three-piece chicken meal and get some mashed potatoes and gravy and some corn on the side and, and they bring you your plate and all they bring you is corn and mashed potatoes and gravy and they can inform you at Kentucky Fried Chicken, we don't have no chicken today. How many know you don't go to Kentucky Fried Chicken for, for, for corn? How many, you go huh, for some finger-licking chicken? How many know what I'm talking about, huh? And Jesus is simply telling his disciples, hey, fellas, I am not, I'm not about the side dishes. Appreciate the side dishes. My, my life, the food that you don't know about, it's the main course of my life, and that's to do the will of the Father. You say, Herbert, what's the will of the Father? We see this in verse 35. He goes on to say, do you not say four months more? And then the harvest, you keep putting off the harvest saying we'll do it next month or next year or, or in, 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 in three more years. He says, don't say that. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus said, listen, my food, my purpose is to win a hurting world who's far from God and reconnect them to my heavenly father. That's my food. That is my purpose in life. And friends, just like Jesus, our main purpose, our main focus, our main course food should be to do the will of the Father. And can I tell you, it's really easy in life to get caught up in the side dishes and, and spend our time focused on the side dishes of, of life. And life is busy. Life can be hectic and we can get focused on the side dishes. And you know what? Oftentimes the side dishes in light of eternity, they have no meaning. They have no eternal value. And we have to be like Jesus that our food is to do the will of the father. The main course of our life is to carry out his purpose and his work for our lives. And friends, can I tell you that for every person in this place who calls themselves a follower of Christ, God has called all of us to win this world to Jesus Christ. He's called all of us to be light 
in the middle of darkness. He's called all of us to be salt in a broken and hurting world. And our life must be consumed. We must be passionate about the main food, the main course to do the will of the Father. Friends, can I tell you, we can't get lazy. We can't get content. We can't get on cruise control as a church. There is so much more for us to do. I mean, Jesus said it so clearly. He says, do not say four months and then the harvest. Don't start making excuses as a church. Don't start saying, well, next week we'll focus on those who don't know the Lord. Or maybe next year we'll turn our focus on those who don't know God. He says, don't you dare do that. He says, open your eyes and look. The fields are ripe for harvest right here in Oklahoma City. Did you realize that less than 25% of people in the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City metro area attend a church? Less than 25%. I'm talking about the buckle of the Bible belt. There is so much more for us to do. There are so many more hurting, broken, lonely, isolated, disconnected from God people in this city, and they need to connect with the risen Savior who loves them, who wants to forgive them, who wants to extend grace and mercy their way. Listen, we got so much more to do, so much more to do. That's why we launched the crazy campaign two years ago, because there's so many more lives that need to be changed by the power of Christ. That's why we're taking a moment on a Sunday and we're just revisiting crazy March Madness on our second year anniversary. Just remind ourselves as a church family that the main food, the main purpose, the main goal is to win those who are far from God. And what I want to do today is I want to look at a very familiar portion of Scripture. And I, I, as I look at this, I want to use it in a, in a way that I've never used it before. Matter of fact, it just jumped out at me this week in just a fresh way. You know how you can read the Bible over and over again in the same passage of Scripture? And all of a sudden, there's just like this new revelation, this new insight into the Word of God. That, that's what happened to me this week. And I want us to look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 8 through 10 in a, in a fresh perspective today. The Bible says, will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? Maybe you're a new believer today, new, new to church. Uh, the tithe is, is simply 10% of our income is what the Bible is referring there. And that's simply the beginning level of, of returning the tithe to God. It's just the beginning level of, of giving. And actually, it's really not even giving. We're just returning to the Lord what's already His, the tithe. And then there's offerings, and that's when we give from the heart. That's over and above giving. And uh, I, I, it's my prayer that, that we move beyond beginning level uh, giving and return the tithe to, to giving offerings to the Lord. And that's what the Bible is referring to. Verse 9 says, you are under a curse the whole nation of you because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That would be uh, the local church where we worship today. Now, notice this, that there may be food in my house. Now, that, that jumped up me and just rang so true to me this week that there would be food in my house. Can I tell you, there is nothing like a life-giving church that has food in the house. There is nothing like the local church when it is skillfully resourced because I cannot tell you, it makes a huge kingdom impact when there is food in the house. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to talk to you about some things that are taking place in people's church because there's food in the house. Number one is this. Because there's food in the house, kids and teenagers are being impacted. 
One of the greatest passions we have at People's Church is to invest the gospel of Jesus Christ into the hearts and lives of kids and teenagers. I do. I want teenagers and kids to love Jesus with all of their heart and with all of their strength. We want to get kids and teenagers when they're young, and we want to invest the gospel in them. We want to train them up to be warriors for God. How many know in these last days we need warriors for God? We need young men and young women who are sold out for the cause of Christ. And we want to do that, and we're doing that as a church. You may not realize that every Sunday and every Wednesday we minister to around 800 kids in a week that we're investing the gospel into their hearts, into their lives. You may not realize this because you're, if you're not serving the kids department and the youth department, that every single week, kids and teenagers give their lives to Christ. Every week. Two weeks ago, we had over 450 students, teenagers, at this place. And many of them gave their hearts and lives to, lives to Christ. We were investing in this next generation. Every week, we minister to hundreds of students and, and teenagers right here in the Oklahoma City metro area. You may not realize this, but man, we're a regional church. We're not a neighborhood church. We got, we got families and, and students coming from all across the metro area. We got teenagers that drive here from, from Norman and, and Moore and Mustang, and we coming from Deer Creek and, and Edmond and Oklahoma PC West, and we got them coming from everywhere to come and to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, and we're just getting started, man. We are just getting started. I was sitting in our student ministries director, director's office this week, Chris Smith, and I was just talking to him about reaching the next generation. And he said, Pastor, I believe this with all my heart. I believe we can reach every student in the Oklahoma City metro area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm like, right on, Chris. I believe that too. I believe that we can do it. We can impact this next generation with the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's so exciting to me that, that there have been teenagers that started to come and coming and attending epic student ministries and, and their parents were not going to church. They were disconnected from church. And now we've got dads and moms that are coming to church that are being influenced by the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's been food in the house and we ministered to their teenager and now moms and dads are surrendering their lives to Jesus Christ. We are focused on ministering to the next generation. Because there's food in the house, our community and world is being impacted. Please hear me today. When you tithe at People's Church, your dollars don't just go to see lives change at our church. Every dollar you give, we take a portion of it and we invest it back into our community and into our world to see lives changed. I want you to know that because you're a tither, and when you tithe, you're supporting missionaries all over the world. Because we took a portion, and we invested into missions. We didn't take a special offering. Some chose to give uh, above their tithe offerings to Haiti, and praise God for that. We invested every dollar of that into Haiti. But can I tell you, every person who's a tither in this place gave to Haiti. Because we take a portion of your tithe and we invest it back into our world. And so every time you see a commercial, you see somebody in Haiti that's hurting, you know that you're making a difference in Haiti because you're returning the tithe to God. And can I tell you, we are making a difference in our community because we take a portion of the tithe and we do outreach and we do ministry right here in our own backyard to make a difference in our community, to feed the homeless, to clothe the naked, to minister to the hurting, the down and out, the poor and the broken. Your dollars are making a difference. I want to just show you, maybe you're new to our church today. I just want to give you a little glimpse of the heartbeat of People's Church. Because when we tithe at this church, it's not just about ministry here. 
It's about making a difference in our city and around the world. Check out this short video. People's Church came to Eisenhower and did a total renovation of our school. We've got the backpacks that were donated. You all have made a wonderful impact in our school. Thank you, People's Church. Seaworth Academy is so pleased to have a partnership with People's Church. People's Church generously donated lots and lots of t-shirts and socks for all of our students. We would like to thank the People's Church for their donations of hats, t-shirts, and socks. I just want to thank you so much for your incredible generosity and kindness. I want to tell you how much we love you and appreciate you, and uh, thank you for your support so much. Christmas was going to be hard this year. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you from my kids' hearts. We've also had the great opportunity to be able to bless two single moms with cars. I have never owned anything nice in my life. I have never met more generous people. I have always had people look down on me, always telling me that I'm a single mom and I'm going to lose my kids because I don't have anyone to take care of them. And I thank you so much. This is more than I could have ever asked <laughs> Thank you to all the tithers in the house, putting food in the house, that we can make a difference in our community and around the world. There's a third thing I want to know because there, as the Bible talks about food in the storehouse, food in the temple, food in God's house. Number three is this, lives are being changed. That's the bottom line. That's what it's all about. Lives are being changed. And I want you to know the reason that we do church, the way that we do church here at this place is to reach people far from God. The reason that we do the dramas, the reason that we do the, the skits and the, and, 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 and the performances and productions, the reason that there's the creativity and the, the lights and the smoke is to help people, attract people to this place who are far from God to come and give their lives to Christ. We are not a church that's called to just minister to the already saved. We are called as a church to reach those who are far from God and to get them connected to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and turn their lives over to him. And I want you to know we will continue to do anything short of sin to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Some of you will be uncomfortable. We'll store up every religious bone in your body, but we're going to do anything short of sin to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ, and we're going to always teach the gospel. We're all going to always present God's word in a clear way because we believe this. I believe this with all of my heart. Jesus changes lives. Jesus is the light and the hope of this world. He is the answer, and we want to see lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And every Sunday, every Sunday, I'm humbled by it. I'm, every Sunday, people give their lives to Christ in this place. Every week. We have so many guests every week that come to this place and are encountering the life-changing power of Christ. I, I received a, an email this week. It was sent to the office, and I started reading, and it was a lady. She was very open and candid about what's going on in her life, and she talked about how doing this sexual revolution series, she she would always have questions every week. She would have questions, and then she would show up to church, and we would answer those questions. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people in Oklahoma that, that don't, don't know the word. We can't take for granted that people didn't grow up in church or don't know what the Scripture says. And she started hearing truth. She said, every week, you would answer 
my questions. And she began to talk about how she has struggled with a pornography addiction. She talked about how she has struggled with sex outside of marriage. And, and she was very candid and very raw about some of the struggles she has dealt with. And I won't, I won't open that can of worms up and talk candidly about some of the things that she struggled with, 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 with her, her, her sex and sexuality. And, and she was just real candid and raw. And she said, you know what, I, I'm not there yet, but, but I, I wanted to get it out in the open. I wanted to get it out in the light. And I, I, I'm tired of living in this bondage, and, and I, wanna, I don't want to live this way, and I want to be free, and I need God's help. I need your help. And she reached out, and we're contacting her, and she's not there yet, but God's working in her life, and God's going to set her free. Amen. God's working. That's what this church is all about. And, and tears just begin to flood my eyes as I read that email. I was informed this week that we're starting a men's purity group. And there are some men that said, you know what, I'm bound up in some, in some, in some sexual stuff. And we're, we're forming a group to help men get free from it. And they're coming out. And we're able to help and partner and resource to see lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ doing our, our sexual revolution. See, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about stuff that happened last year. I'm talking about stuff happening right now. There are folks walking down the hallway with me in the hallway. So, and one lady said, Pastor, thanks for preaching that because you preached. He said he put a ring on it. I'm like, that's right. So put, put a ring on it. Amen. But lives are being changed by the power of Jesus. That's what we're all about. Lives being changed. I want to show you a testimony of a young man who started coming to our church recently. And God has changed his life. Check out this video. I basically just grew up with just my dad. I didn't like get to really interact with grandpa and grandma, like other people doing stuff, just me and my dad, just me and my dad. In a house where there's only one parent and the parent's not there often, well, I guess if he's not there, then you don't have that much discipline. So you take advantage of that, you go out with friends, you see people that have this or that, and you don't have the money to get it because you're not in legal age working or because you can't work for whatever reason. So they have a friend, that sell drugs and they'll be like, okay, well, we'll give you this, you sell all of this, and you keep so-and-so percentage of it. Over the time, you keep on stacking your money up and then at the end you can buy whatever it is you want to buy. But it also comes with consequences and risks. Even though I did that bad stuff, for some reason I always see myself late in the future I mean, having a good job, having a wife, a kid, and the type of family that goes to church every Sunday and puts money in the offering bucket. I don't want to die at an early age just because I wanted a little piece of change in my pocket of money. I just cried and stuff like that. I felt like God was like, you could do better than this. You got your dad, you don't got your mom, you don't got your family, but you got your dad and you got me. And there's more to life than selling weed and stuff like that. I always went to different churches. I even sometimes went to different churches with my dad, but I was never as interested as I am now that I'm going to people's church. Whenever Herbert, at the end, he closes out and he says that we are a family, I think it makes people who don't really have anybody in their lives, it, feel, it makes them feel like now they do. The people that I met at People's Church, some of them actually been through what I've been through. They could actually relate to me. I actually seem to want to have a relationship with you. Some churches where people act like they want to have a relationship with you, but it's like a front. They really don't. They just do that to look good or whatever because they're going to church. But here I feel like the, 
Like, it's legit. Like, they really do. I know that I'm not the same person that I was before People's Church and before God. I did used to live just for and only for about myself. I only cared what I could do, what I could get. Because of God, I feel that I am a whole different person than what I was as I was growing up because I have him in my life. Abraham is 17 years old. 17 years old, selling drugs. He's coming to this place. God is changing his life. That's what this church is all about. Can I tell you, if you're not a tither, man, start investing your tithe in God's house. Come on, don't give it all to the movie theater and to Dillard's. I know they just had a 75% off and an extra 40%. I know, I know, I know. But come on, do something that's going to last. Do something that's going to have eternal value. Come on, I appreciate all types of institutions and stores. But can I tell you, the local church is making an impact, an eternal impact in people's lives. Return the top, put food in God's house, and more lives are changed. Amen. There's a fourth thing I, I want to draw your attention to because there's food in the house. The future is bright. Man, the future is so bright. Can I, I want to reiterate something. Listen, we're just getting started. If you're new here today, we're just seven years old. We're going to turn eight years old this year. Come on, we're not even double digits yet. Come on, we just got through crawling, huh? We're just learning how to walk right. I mean, we, we are just getting to our best days are ahead of us. And man, I'm dreaming. God is speaking to my heart. We're dreaming about starting more people's churches, not only across Oklahoma City, but around Oklahoma. And we're praying about it, and we're, we're dreaming about it. We're strategizing. We're, we're mapping out the timing of launching more life-giving people's churches to see more lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ. We're praying about now because our kids' ministry is growing, and we're just getting, I mean, we're just breaking in this new building, eight months old now. I mean, we're just getting this thing started, man. We're just, we're, we're just getting going. And we're praying about how do we expand our kids' ministry to minister to more kids and be more effective in, in, in giving them and teaching them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're, we're praying about building our, our getting a state-of-the-art youth facility. I mean state-of-the-art youth facility to minister to teenagers. And matter of fact, we have a meeting this week, myself and Josh Brown, our executive, executive director of operations. We have a key meeting this week with, with the gentleman that we believe it's God's timing and a God connection and a strong possibility, and it can't go into a lot of detail, but the opportunity for a state-of-the-art facility to minister and to invest in the next generation and to raise up a, some warriors for Christ. Listen, we're aggressive. We're going aggressively to win people who are far from God. It's my dream. It's my dream, and, man, we're not far away. We're, we're going to get there in, 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 in very soon. That we're going to give back every year a million dollars a year into our community and around the world to clothe the naked, to feed the poor, to give kids school supplies, to minister to hurting moms, single moms that have had a tough time, to minister to kids who have been abused, to make a difference in our community. We're going to do that. Man, we're dreaming. Our best days are ahead of us because there's food in the house. The future is bright. Here's how I want to close out this message today. I want to switch gears with you just for a moment. I've talked about food in God's house. Now I want to talk about food in your house. Food in your house. God, God says this. It's a wonderful promise in God's word. God says, when you put food in my house, I will put food in your house. 
I mean, it's powerful in God's word. You put food in my house, I'll put food in your house. And I want you to see what God says he will do for those who faithfully tithe and give offerings. How when you put food in God's house, he puts food in your house. I want you to notice three things. Number one is this. You will live under an open heaven of blessings. Open heaven of blessings. Malachi chapter 3 Verse number 10 says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, the entire tithe, not not half of it, not 6%, but the entire 10% into the storehouse, the local church where you worship, that there may be food in my house, in God's house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open. Everybody shout throw open. I like that. God didn't say I'll inch it open. He said I'll throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. Man, that, that, that's good stuff. God says you're going to live under an open heaven of blessing. When you return the tithe, when, when you give offerings, when you put food in my house, I'll put food in your house. And you know what? For my life, I want to live under an open heaven. For your life, you know what I want for you? I want you to live under an open heaven of God's blessings. And you know what so many people do? They block the blessings. They block the blessings in their, their life. They, they get so consumed on themselves. They get so consumed, consumed on the side dishes of life. They get consumed with greed and stinginess. And, and they block the blessings of God by being disobedient to God. And this is not just in the arena of finances. This is also in, in, in every other arena of our life that we don't block the blessings. That's why the Bible says if you have alt against your brother, there, there, there's unforgiveness in your heart against your brother. Before you bring your gift to the altar, before you pray, first go to your brother and make it right. Because if you harbor unforgiveness, you'll block the blessings. That's why the Bible says, listen, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Don't walk around with hate in your heart. Because if you walk around with hate in your heart, you'll block the blessings of God. That's why the Bible says to live right. Live a lifestyle that honors God. Live a pure life. Strive to live a life that honors God. Because when you live in direct, direct disobedience to God's word, you are blocking the blessings in your life. And the same thing in your financial life. When you disobey God's word and you don't... You don't resource God's house and you just think about your house. God is not able to pour the blessings out into your life because you block the blessing in your life. And I want some of you today to begin to honor God from this day forward that you can have an open heaven and experience the blessings of God in your life. Because when you put food in God's house, he'll put food in your house. Number two is this. There's a second thing that I want you to notice today. Number two is you will have more than enough. Put food in God's house. He'll put food back in your house. Malachi 3 and verse 10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you, notice this, you will not have room enough for it. Now, I want you to notice what the Bible does not say. It does not say, return the tithe and give your offerings and I will make you a millionaire. That's not what the Bible says. It's not, that's not what Scripture says. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But God will bless you. He will give you more than enough. Your needs will be supplied when you honor God. Listen, you, you honor God, you put food in his house. God says, I'll give you food in your house. You'll have more than enough. Now, hear me today. That's not an excuse not to use your brain. Because there are some people who think tithing is the answer to all financial problems, and that's not the case. That, that's one biblical principle. Listen, there are many people who tithe and are not experiencing God's full blessings because they don't budget. And they spend more than they make. And God blesses them, and they, they, they don't know how to handle and steward the financial blessings in their lives. So just because you're a tither doesn't mean you throw your brain out the window. Everybody say amen. 
I don't got time to do a financial series today, but praise the Lord. Pastor, that tithing ain't working for me. Well, quit spending more than you make. Amen. It'll work. Every time I get a raise, Pastor, I got to get me a new car. You ain't going to have no blessing left over. Amen. Let me quit preaching there. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this. Give, and it will be given to you. It's a kingdom principle. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over more than enough will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's a kingdom principle. You, you give to God's house, he'll give back to your house. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 21. More, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. It's crazy, but it's a kingdom principle. Gains even more. And another withholds unduly. He's stingy. She's stingy, but comes to poverty. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. The first part, not, not the leftovers. We want to put God first. Seek him first in every arena of our life. And we put God first. That means we return the tithe and give our offerings before we pay any bills. God, you're first. He says, and he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow more than enough. Overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. Here's what God has promised. You put food in my house, I'll put food in your house. Number three is this. Number three is you will be protected. You will be protected. Notice this in Malachi chapter 3, verse 11 through 12. It says, I will prevent pest from devouring your crops. God says, Israel, right now you're exposed and I want to protect you. And the vines of your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You see, Israel was exposed. And they could use pesticides, but, man, they were exposed. And, and, the, and, and, and the pest and were coming in and destroying their crops. And they were trying with the, by themselves to protect what they had. But can I tell you, you and I, we don't just need our own protection. We need supernatural protection. And God says, listen, I will give supernatural protection. I will step in. Listen, when you put food in my house, I'm going to protect you. I ask you a question today. Are you exposed? Are you protected? Are you exposed because you're doing things your way? Are you protected supernaturally by your heavenly father because you're honoring him? Because when you put food in God's house, he'll put food in, in your house.